Yes, I am talking about a certain gaming convention held at my alma mater once again. Get used to it. This is the Veteran Wargamer. This is the Veteran Wargamer. I am your host, Jay Arnold. Welcome to episode 40. In this episode, I speak with Dwayne Fleck about the Recruits Game Convention. Dwayne, not only are you the... Well, I'm not sure how to describe you. Inspiration behind the... Pro, the... Progenitor, the the driving force. What, what term would you use to describe your role with recruits? Well, I definitely... Um, I think the founder is a pretty good choice of words. If I was going to choose a driving force, it would be the students at the school. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into that conversation. Okay. Now, as with all other new guests, the same question I ask them, I'll ask you, what makes you a veteran war gamer? Oh, who doesn't have a story of beginning the game back when they're in high school or something like that? And, and um, uh, plastic army men from elementary school on and panzer blitz and the old chit base games from the 70s and a little uh, tour in the D&D games with the old booklets before the AD&D books came out so um, but miniature wargaming has always been my favorite passion pastime uh, both the collecting the painting I'm currently real big in the uh, Middle Earth strategy battle game by Games Workshop, and it kind of kind of uh, oh, okay. gets me going on two areas. One, it's kind of like a historical game because you know you've got to paint Aragorn to look like Aragorn, right? And and Urukai like Urukai, but uh, um, at the same time, it's still a fantasy game with wizards and orcs and goblins. So it's kind of a best of both worlds, and and it's a good system. Sure. Now, when, before we started recording, you'd mentioned that you were busily working on an army for some gaming this weekend what what are you working um, on I, I have we're working on two armies uh, i'm helping my wife paint her first army they're easterlings and i'm trying to finish up uh urukai army for a tournament in Sh charlotte north carolina um it's called the ring go south mm. and um we also were down in uh, uh north of little rock arkansas last weekend for a tournament as well and um, running my urukai and chasing spiders and all kinds of things on the well-designed train boards was a good event. Um, I've not been much of a tournament player, and um, the system and the community is really a positive community to kind of get into tournament play. Mm -hmm. And that's and just to clarify, that's for GW's right. Lord of the Rings um, it started off as the Lord of the Rings game with each of the movies, Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King. It like like Games Workshop does occasionally uh, update their rules, and uh, they're about ready to release a new rule set that's going to be the Middle Earth strategy battle game. It's probably been a good, I'm guessing, six seven years or more. And um, a lot of new releases of figures. Mm. It's it's going to be pretty exciting here in about six months. Um, beautiful figures, great story. Tolkien, what else can you ask for? Right. I've, I've always been impressed by the effort that GW has gone through to really set aside their Middle Earth uh, work 
from their Warhammer work. And it's, you can definitely tell, I, I don't know if they're trying to appeal to more the fantasy roleplay type uh, collector or gamer, because the, the figures are definitely not the same uh, heroic 28. Very true. I mean, they're definitely a little bit more realistically proportioned. A lot less uh, skulls. You know, more, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a lot fewer skulls, but... Um, I've always been impressed by those figures. I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself because I, I, I wish I could have gotten some of the plastic Urukai, especially the spearmen and whatnot, because uh, like kind of a, a fantasy project of my own that I've been working on is a mass battle game uh, using fantasy figures, but using the commands uh -huh. and colors rule system. And one of the one of the inspirational thoughts I've had for the entire time is just basically the idea of having a big pike block of Urukai moving across the table. So, well, you know, I would go out there and do a little shopping and stuff because the Urukai pikemen and so forth are can be found in large quantities pretty cheaply, and they're not too expensive either. The plastic kits oh, are okay. still being produced. Um, but you can find people selling oh, okay. used collections and I replace all my plastic pikes with brass wire ones anyway. So if they're broken, it doesn't matter to me, you know, I get them mm -hmm. a quarter a piece or something. So it's, it's a good time. But, uh, right. I, I think the new, uh, Amazon, uh, deal with, uh, creating a new Lord of the Rings series. I think it was, it's a multi-million dollar three, four, five, six year movie series is kind of like the game of thrones for amazon uh will probably really boost uh, mm -hmm. interest in middle earth gaming as a whole yeah now now i have to say that in the meantime i have i have <laughs> been collecting skaven yeah and something that really helped me out was the last recruits i went to this must have been gosh was that 2016 i guess was the last recruits i went to um, we were, I only was, I was only able to come on Saturday and on the way out the door, someone had, I don't think that they necessarily set up, but I think maybe they were just had some boxes of figures that they were trying to unload, uh, there in the, in the foyer of the, of the field house. And, uh, yeah, I noticed, you know, from afar that looked like GW stuff and I kind of had this. Uh, this fantasy game in the back of my head and went over to him and took a look around and looked in the box and noticed that there were a large number of Skaven from the uh, uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle box set, the last box set they had. I, I told the guy that was that had the box, I did not need to look in that box. <laughs> Worst mistake, um, there you go. Yeah, and I said, well are you interested in those, in those figures? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested. And, and there was some, there was some, uh, plastic empire figures and some chaos also. And uh, I've got somewhat of the start of a empire force as well. And he said, uh, what would you be willing to pay for those? I said, well, are you, where are you from? I said, Indiana. And I, I immediately <laughs> thought, this guy does not want to take these figures all the way back to Indiana. So I'll just... Make him a good deal right there. Yeah, I said, 
Will you take 30 bucks? And I looked at him and he looked at me and he looked at his buddy he was with and yeah, I'll take 30 bucks. So yeah, 30, 30 bucks later. And I had, <laughs> I think I, I think I tallied up. It was over, eight, it was more than 80 figures. It was basically two sets of the Skaven from the, from that Warhammer box set, plus the Empire guys, plus the, plus the chaos. So I, oh, and the, all a, uh, a screaming bell also. So. I think I'm gonna have to remember that uh, pickup line there. And before I talk a deal with somebody, I'll say, where are you from? Just to kind of feel them out and say, oh, you're from a long ways away. Yeah. I could, I could get this for 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah. we know how to work this system. <laughs> so... But we're not here to talk about Skaven, and we're not here to talk about Urukai, unfortunately. But we are here to talk about recruits. Now, I have talked ad nauseum about recruits on oh, the show. It is, it is bar none my favorite gaming convention. Well, that's quite Without praise. A doubt. Thank you. And um, I've always had a blast every time I go. The, the energy and the positive attitude that everybody has is just fantastic. Um, I think the first one I went to was 2004, uh, and it was still in the, the cafeteria. But I, I, I guess before we get too far into it, we should really ask, what is Recruits? Well, um, the idea for Recruits started with some students of mine who heard me talking about, I'm a teacher, at least I'm in high school, I teach history. And um, I started sharing some of my hobby interests in terms of miniatures and board games and so forth. And I had some students who were really interested who bugged me for four years to show them something, show them a game. And uh, it was the spring of their senior year, and they're going to graduate in, oh, I don't know, three months later. And they came up to me and laid this heavy guilt trip. You talk about how great this hobby is, how much you love it, and yet you won't show us. Um, what's going on and so recruits really started from the inspiration of the students there and um, I contacted some friends said anybody willing to put on a game at that time I was um, really into 20 millimeter World War II using the easy eight battleground rules I still love them mm -hmm. and uh, I knew that's what I could do I had some fantasy miniatures I could throw out as well but I can't run two games at once and uh, I just right. reached out to a few people and said, spread the word, let them know if they want to come up. And, and, and I think that's a pretty common story. I hear a lot of folks who have started conventions and um, a local show here in Kansas City is, I think, called Can't Con. And I believe the story on that one is they couldn't go to Gen Con, so they had to get together their house, mm. you know, and, and people do that. And they get together, the, the community wants to grow, and um, they're looking for an excuse and some leadership, and you're off and running. Interesting story about now, um, some of those kids. I just uh, made contact on Facebook with one of the key students from that group. And um, I haven't talked to him since 2003 and um, was able to touch base with him a little bit and said, you need to come to recruits and shared a link with him to the website and stuff. So hopefully he'll make it out and I guess in a way see what he and his friends had started. Mm -hmm. Now, was was 2003 the first spring of 2003? I believe so. The first I believe spin? so. That makes wow, fifteen years coming up. Well, then, huh? yeah, we had a big debate whether it was the fifteenth show in the fifteenth year, and I think last year was like fifteenth year of shows. But we're start—I don't know. It 
it's kind of one of those math things. I'm a history teacher. But of course, we, we have a, a lot more shows under our belt because we used to do them twice a year. Right, right. And I, I definitely remember remember those days. Like I said, I think 2004 was my first one, and it was in the cafeteria. And it's just expanded and expanded, and it's it's great to see. Now, what is the, the host organization for, for recruits? Well, we um, decided that year of when we did the first recruits in 2003 that we needed to have a club. So we actually started a club the following year in 2004. They called the Organization of Strategic Gaming or Organization of Strategic Gamers, but it's really known around school as OSG. And uh, students meet usually once a week on Thursdays until four o'clock and game. And uh, occasionally we'll do a Friday night or a late evening. We'll play till five or six, you know, just different mm -hmm. times. Occasionally we have special guests come in to run a specific game or to show kids something different um, at the school club meetings. But recruits turn into our our fundraiser for the school club and the proceeds from the from recruits go to sponsor another show but more importantly to uh, the school district doesn't provide any financial resources to the club like direct cash so anything we buy or purchase like we have a huge gaming closet or miniatures or paints or or whatever the, the students are interested in recruits pays for it We've taken kids. We've taken kids okay. to uh, cons. We haven't done it for a while, but we went to like Command Con in St. Louis a few years, and paid like admission fees. Oh, okay. uh, there was a show at UCM this last month, I think it was called XP Up, and we had ten students go down there yeah. and paid their reg paid their registration oh, fees. So we try to get them to go to other shows. It's a little complicated to take minors you know places and stuff like that but for local right. things or in-state we can travel and do it in one day we like to try to support the kids because you know they're on a they're on a tight budget i'd rather have them put their money into a game or new figures than pay for registration sure absolutely now ucm that's university of central missouri uh, used to be Central Missouri State yeah. University, which is which is my brother Chris's <laughs> alma mater. Yeah. So uh, now, just full disclosure, I am a I am a graduate of Lee Summit High School myself, class of '93. Yes, you are. Go Tigers! You graduated the year before I started teaching. Okay. Um, have you taught? Uh, now you taught somewhere else besides Lee Summit, right? Yeah. That's the only place. Okay, great. Yeah, Tiger the whole time. Oh, excellent, excellent. With that first year, or I guess when you started growing and, and demonstrating that, yes, there is a demand for this, and yes, we do have people that show up and whatnot, how has the reaction from the school administration and the parents been um, through the years? We kind of took, uh, early on, we focused primarily on historical gaming, uh, miniature gaming, and, um, you know, we just started kind of dabbling in other things. Uh, we didn't have vendors, for example, right away. I wasn't really sure how that was going to go over. Um, but really, I haven't had, there hasn't been any kind of fallback or feedback. It's really been very supportive. Um, we have a building goal that is about helping students get a sense of belonging. 
And frequently students who are gamers might be the gamer geek type, you know, they're not going to find homes other places. So this is opportunity to be in, involved in a school activity and a school club and students who are active and involved in clubs are more likely to be successful. So, you know, we push that angle all the time with parents and stuff, but parents have always been nothing but supportive. Um, and I, I can't really think of any time that there's ever been a question. Anytime we wanted to do something, and sure, go ahead. Um, you know, I and as much as we've grown and as much as we've changed things like that, um, I think they're very impressed with what we've created, you know, for the students, for the community, at least I'm at Kansas City area. And, you know, it's a regional convention that's successful. I think it's safe to say that the, the target, the primary target audience for recruits, you know, it's just like it, as the name implies, are those junior high and high school age kids who might be thinking about getting into gaming or have just recently heard about gaming and want to see what it's about. Is, is that a fair assessment? Well, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I like to think of it goes broader and that is anybody interested in gaming or who would like to try a different type of game than what they're used to doing. Um, I, I, I'm thinking probably about 20% of those who attend recruits are students, but many of those are college students too. And, uh, you know, there's not too many high school programs that can, can boast a strong alumni association. And these kids go off and start clubs and colleges. And, and we do get a lot of returning gamers who got their start in OSG going to recruits. Um, and of course, alumni like like you and your brother too are are a nice addition. But I like to think that recruits is an opportunity for all new gamers or people to come in and try out a game and try something out. Uh, we try to make that a point when we talk to GMs and about hey, you're going to get people who don't know what they're doing, and um, right, it's just kind of part of the atmosphere. I think of it. maybe it's a school or you know, or just the magic touch. I don't know. Right. Now, one thing I've one thing I've noticed with the, you know, like you said, roughly twenty percent of the attendees being students or student age, is that there's there's definitely a very positive energy, and for the most part, I think the GMs pick up on that, and they and they run appropriate games. Yeah, um, I think pretty so much too. all the games. And, and by appropriate, I mean it, it, they're games that a beginner can jump into with little or no prior experience and get the gist of the game and have a great time with it. Um, I can only think of one instance where there was a game that might have been a little bit too heavy as far as the rules were concerned. And and that was a situation where uh, it was it was just a overly complex game for a convention. And I think that's probably the key point right there too is that convention games are different than basement games often. And of course the atmosphere oh, yeah. the atmosphere has changed hugely in the last 30 40 years from chart heavy games to 1 hour 1 games speaking of ed. Right. Um so I think that's mm -hmm. part of it too. I think the 
people that we tr speak to specifically about coming in and running games and trying to find good game masters who can work a crowd, have a good system, nice terrain. I think it's important to to show good quality games to future gamers. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the other thing that that I've noticed is that by and large the games that I've seen put on there have always been, you know, high quality presentations also. It surprises a lot um, of people. It really does. Yeah, so you know, back in was it 2005 I think I brought a a game and you know, it's it wasn't it wasn't nearly as good as it could have been, but it was okay, but now I wouldn't dream of bringing that game to recruits. So I definitely have to definitely have to up my my production as as far as the terrain and the models go. Well, I think there are some really nice look I was just going to say though that at this and this is probably the teacher speaking to me <laughs> from me as well but you know you have good quality games and people see what a good game looks like what a, how to run a good game and that kind of picks up the bar that people say I want to I want to be as good as that I, I want to run right. a great game but at the same time recruits isn't just an opportunity to learn a game it's also a good opportunity for somebody who's never run a game to try to run a game to put something on and they're not going to be pros from the get-go and so we do have students like we, some of our early games that are registered on the recruits website are re registered by students who haven't uh, put on a game before. Um, mm -hmm. So you know we want to support everybody doing the best that they can, and and that's really and that adds to the atmosphere, you know. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I had Jay Wiley on, and we talked about uh, the games that Chris Clucky runs, oh, yeah. or the games that the games that Chris Clucky runs and he just does a, a great job from the rules to the figures to the scenery. It's just top notch mm -hmm. all the way around. Um, and I got to give a shout out to uh, Ken Van Pelt also. Yeah, boy, he's uh, put on, you know, some wonderful games throughout the years. Um, yeah, I actually, when I was in, when I was in high school, uh, I gamed with uh, Ken and uh, John Mark Hayworth and they both put on, uh, um, I'm trying to remember when it was. I think it was for a 20th show, um, which would have been 10 years when we were still doing it twice a year. But I'm pretty sure it was the 20th year. I contacted all of the game masters who ran games at the very first recruits and asked them to do a redo of their game. And I think most, uh, most oh, of them did. There were a couple who didn't. Uh, but everybody was at least there who put on their games. And John Hayworth and Ken Van Pelt did a Stalingrad 43 game. And I can't remember if they did that one or not, because another game they ran at the first recruits was a 15-millimeter Vietnam game where the mm. battalion commander had his back to the game and, and stuff. And boy, you know, one of those, one of those ones where the, the story and the legend about the game grew more than the game itself and Ken was always concerned uh -huh. about trying to run it again. Cause he said, it will never be as good as what people thought it was. And, and sure enough, he ran the game and people loved it. It was outstanding as you would expect it to be. But you know, the game from the yeah. first show became this legend that people talked about for, for years. So that was kind of a neat thing to be able to get people to come back and do that. Right. And, and one thing, 
one thing that I, I definitely appreciate about recruits, aside from the great games and aside from the great presentations, is just getting to bump into people that I used to game with or gamed around when I was still living in the Kansas City area and, you know, seeing a lot of the same folks and, you know, touching base with them, even if it's just for a minute. Because uh, you do see a lot of the same returning faces. And I guess you would get that at just about any regional convention. But it just seems even better, you know, going to Lee Summit High School, you know, going to, you know, driving by the house I lived in, you know, <laughs> until I was a junior. And, yeah. uh, you know, popping my head into John's Barbershop to say hi to the guys and... You know, and that sort of thing. So it's definitely a homecoming for me. I've I've never been to an official Lee Summit High School homecoming, but that's that's my homecoming for me. Actually, gosh, what was it? Uh, three four years ago, I actually ran into a fellow class of '93 graduate who wasn't much of a gamer, but his his daughter had heard about this game called Settlers of uh-huh. Catan, and heard that maybe. She, Maybe they'd be able to buy it at this crazy thing that was going on at the field house that weekend. So they came up and bought Settlers of Catan, and I helped them bust it out of the box and played it with them on the spot. So that's awesome. That's what it's all about. That is exactly what it's all about. We we've mentioned a couple times about it going from twice a year to once a year. What was when was that, and why was that? Oh, I think it was like after our 20th show, uh, we decided to move it to once a year. And the big decision was whether to do it in the fall and the spring. And um, a lot of that came is because this is a school club organization. Mm -hmm. So unlike being part of a Kansas City wide organization of 30, 40 gamers, we don't have 30, 40 gamers. We have students, sometimes parents who might be interested in the students graduate and move on. And and students are there to participate, not run and organize a convention. This is maybe the only convention they ever go to. So a lot of it had to do right. with uh, staffing, trying to find volunteers. Uh, it would pretty much be me. And, um, um, and there were key other people like Jay Wiley, who did all of our artwork, um, gosh, for 20 for well i would say 20 years but you know 12 15 years he's just took a break this last couple of years because he started his own business and trying to push his his own product which is excellent you know um but it it really kind of came down to you know as soon as one recruits is over we were starting the next one there wasn't any downtime and uh my kids were Mm -hmm. getting into high school and you know it kind of was a staffing issue we were also running in the conflicts that uh, spring happened to be a pretty popular time for other conventions. We butted heads with Adepticon for many years. I, I think we were probably about the same size until they really pushed the tournament scene. And, and of course, now they're one mm-hmm. of the outstanding conventions. I went to Adepticon the first time this year and had a blast. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going against Little Wars in the spring. There used to be a convention in Leavenworth, Kansas called Spring Maneuvers. Uh, you had recruits, obviously. You, uh, you had Cold Wars. You had Adepticon. I mean, there was just so much packed into that time. And September didn't have the same kind of conflict as long as you could avoid being too early with uh, 
Gen Con. Um, but there were just so many times that we were on the same weekend as Adepticon. And uh, so trying to decide between fall and spring, less competition. Um, plus, you know, if I have a school club and I'm trying to get kids interested at the beginning of the school year, we do a kind of a club rush and say, hey, come check out this club. And then three weeks later or whatever, um, I can say, come to this Saturday convention. They're hooked for a lot for four years. But if I have to wait until March, yeah. um, you know, it's a little bit harder to get them to show up because, if you know, they get interested in other activities There's so much for kids to choose from. So it was, you know, there were multiple reasons for choosing the fall. I think the only negative consequence of choosing the fall is we still have to work around home football game schedules. And um, so uh -huh. we have to wait sometimes until later in the spring, usually around February, March, before they can set the football schedule for the next year. Because we don't want to be trying to park and running a convention on a home football game on a Friday night. So um, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're well-attended games. And, uh, I, yeah, it would just be nuts. It's bad enough the facility gets used by so many different groups and organizations anyway, whether it's the Lee Summit Symphony or uh, band competitions. There's always there's always multiple things going on on Recruits Weekend. But um, so I, I it really I think it kind of boiled down to trying to put on a better show with the staff that we had at the time. Um, and because we want to do it right. And if we're going to get lazy or just kind of getting burned out, it's better to do it once a year. And and one thing that I definitely have to say about it is I was at first I was kind of saddened to hear it was going from twice a year to once a year. Because um, there for a while, if I couldn't make the fall, well, I'd just go to the spring one. Or if I couldn't go to the spring one, I'd go to the fall one and yeah, I, I think there's a little bit more excitement with it coming up. I mean, it's it's do or die. You know, either you're gonna go or you're not, and you got to wait a whole year. So I, I think there's a little bit more, a little bit more anticipation. Yeah, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. And... I still get hit up all the time by people. Um, when are we gonna do it again? Why are you doing it? I miss it. And I often say, well, if you want to run it, yeah. And... That's about as far as a conversation goes, <laughs> you know. But there's a lot of uh, blossoming game club shows, I guess you could say, in the area. Um, and each show kind of has a little bit of a different emphasis, whether it's role-playing or board gaming and the time of the year and stuff. It's um, it's still kind of a fragmented mm -hmm. hobby. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when it when you started in 2003, was it just in the cafeteria? It was, or where it was, was just it? the cafeteria. And uh, the first, I don't know if it was the first year. I, I think it was probably the first year for sure. I would go down there on a Friday and set up the whole place. And then we would just do it on Saturday and people would go home. And um, I don't know if it was like the second time I did it or the third time. And I sat there at this whole room all set up thinking, I did this in an hour. Why aren't we doing stuff on a Friday night? I mean, why am I leaving all these beautiful table spaces open? Um, so we decided to go Friday and Saturday. And as soon as that happened, we got hit by maybe the Flames of War guys, but definitely War Machine at the time saying, well, we want to run tournaments, but we can't get it all done. We need Sunday. So next thing you know, we're adding Sunday to the list. 
Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. so there's kind of that natural growth, that a demand from the community of what they want. And vendors mm-hmm. wasn't much too far after that. Absolutely. Now, when when was the big move up into the field? Um, no, that's a great question. We actually did some the year before we moved to the field house, we actually had tournaments in the field house. Uh, we had expanded as far as we could in the cafeteria. Now you got to imagine this cafeteria, as you know, um, seats like five, 600 students every day. And it's the, it's almost the size of the field house. It just has a chunk taken out for, for the kitchen. So it is a large area. The tables are already there. Um, chairs, tables. So it's minimal work moving things around. Um, I don't know. It's, I'd have to go back and we have a pretty good gallery on the website. I may have to go back there and and Mm -hmm. kind of take a look, but I would say it's probably within five years, maybe. Because it's, it's now it's gotten to the point. Now, just for my, for our international listeners, a field house is basically a large gymnasium that when they were first created, they were separate buildings, so that's why it's called a field house. But at Lee Summit High School, the field house is a large gymnasium that also includes locker rooms, and there's a mezzanine area that that's on three sides. And basically, you're going to take a, a regulation basketball. Well, court. you can run two basketball games side by side inside the inside the facility. Yeah. So it's really two yeah, basketball courts side by side, but but then there's a main floor in the right. center because you can have bleachers come out and stuff. Yeah. You know, not to mention not to mention you've got, you know, a, a sizable perimeter around there plus the mezzanine. So we're we're talking tens of thousands of square feet anyway, all told. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. Plus you've expanded into some side rooms up there and I think you're mm-hmm. still using the cafeteria as well now. Is that correct? We we have been. We've been using the cafeteria for um, tournaments. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty it's a it's a sizable amount of real estate that you're taking at this school. And uh, is there real realistically speaking, is there anywhere that you can expand into at this? Oh. Yeah. Well, sure. It's a school that's gigantic. Uh, It was originally a high school and then a middle school. So there's two separate buildings connected in between by this field house cafeteria. So we have two regular sized gyms and hundreds of classrooms. We have an auditorium that hits 600, 700 people, uh, uh, lecture halls that hold 150 people. You know, I mean, there's a lot of open space. we bring in probably 250, 275 tables on top of all of the cafeteria tables we have. Um, uh, we use a, a large number of tables. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to hand it to your volunteers, your students. I'm sure the custodial staff helps out also. And Absolutely. And I, I got to hand it to those folks and the school administration and the, the district administration who who approve, I'm sure there's overtime hours paid, or I got to think there are. So, well, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure how that all works. I do know that the facility gets used so much that there's always custodial staff working every day of the week uh-huh. and they just might have a Tuesday, Wednesday off instead of Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and um, and and they work so many hours. And when there's events like this, they have people cover it. And uh, the school, uh, particularly our building and our building principal, um, John Falkenberry, has been really supportive of our club in this event for the community to uh, have the custodial staff there, keeping the, the facility clean. And you know, it's definitely not like the host. Um, and thinking, I was thinking of the story Connor Cold Wars, you know, some of the stories of bathrooms that I, I've been there, um, you know, but uh, they work hard. Um, we have a concession stand on site and um, we've always worked hard to keep prices reasonable because we know we're catering to students as well. And the whole point of this is not to run people, you know, run them, run them, scare them off. We want them to stay there and eat. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a, I got to think it's a phenomenal amount of work. It, it makes my heart proud knowing that that is going on at my former high school. And, you know, any anyone who's listened to this show since episode one knows I, I, I talk about recruits on a regular basis, and, and there's a reason for that. So That's awesome. That's awesome. We've got, like I said, it's good staff, good people, good games. Um, we've worked hard to keep politics out of recruits as much as possible um you know it's it's a convention for people not for a group and um and, and i think that's helped and you know just trying to steer an even course you know just get people in it's about the gaming it shouldn't be about anything else and, absolutely now is there is there an aspect of gaming that maybe hasn't been expressed at recruits or is there something that hasn't been tried that you would be cool if if someone would take it up uh i'm not sure exactly what i mean by that i guess maybe you know i hear stuff like uh at gen con they've got uh what's it called live dungeon or something like that where it's kind of a i don't want to say costume but they they do uh they make like a mini dungeon and you and you walk through it you are your character and there are different tests and and I guess sure. there's different skill tests that you do perform to make it happen. I guess just as an example. Yeah, you weren't you weren't there last year, correct? Correct. So let me um, talk a little bit about some of the things that occurred last year and and maybe the direction where we're heading. I think that will answer some of those questions. Um, I've always been a firm believer that people can come in and do any game they want to do. Um, but our focus has been miniature gaming and mm -hmm. tabletop gaming. Uh, but, you know, this is about the students and sometimes students want a role playing game and sometimes they want to do a video game or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's their club. I mean, it's, just, it's their fundraiser. It's their club, the things that they want to do. Um, but we haven't we haven't discouraged anything from occurring at, at the convention but our focus has been primarily on the miniature gaming aspect so um, we have had role-playing games at recruits and uh, we actually i don't want to I, I i will say that we encouraged some last year and um they came in and a bunch of role players but they, they've had role-playing games at recruits all the time but it hasn't been in large quantities but we did uh, invite some role players to come in and put some games on purposefully because the students had asked about it. Um, we tried our first time to do a uh, video game tournament 
we had a room set up and we had a uh, tournament to play. Uh, trying to think of the name of the game, but it's um, it's a fight thing. Um, showing my age here. Um, but it, I think it plays on the Wii or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, it'll come to me. So we probably had about 10, 12 people show up for that. And um, that was the first time that we dabbled with some kind of video game aspect. Um, we've been, we've kind of been encouraging the tournaments. Uh, but the biggest addition, I think, from last year was we opened up a hobby lounge in the front mm-hmm. lobby area of the, of the field house. And uh, that is the area where we've had our silent auction in, in the past. And so we brought in uh, several talented artists uh, and um, um, to come in and teach classes. Uh, Joe Orteza came in, who uh, is a Golden Demon award-winning painter. Uh, he taught sculpting classes. Uh, Michelle uh, Blastenbury came in, and uh, uh, she's won multiple competitions, uh, painting, traveling to Chicago all over the place with her painting figures. Uh, she taught classes and some basic stuff on painting, basing, and um, we kind of had a front painting lounge area where people could come in and just paint some figures. And we're going to expand that this year. Um, we've purchased uh, half a dozen nice quality lamps. We're going to set the area up, um, have some more talented uh, painters and artists coming in, and uh, really trying to push that aspect of bringing painters in to uh, just sit and paint, you know, enjoy the atmosphere, go do some shopping, play a game, come back and paint. Um, and I, we've kind of wanted to do classes. We've dabbled with it before. We've had some historical classes um, or how to design a miniature game. Um, I believe a gentleman, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's one of the key writers for the Star Wars role-playing game, is coming in to talk about the star wars universe and maybe how to design a campaign scenario or something um so we were kind of expanding kind of in uh more into the classes um hobby lounge area like i said um how to build we had a guy come and teach 3d printing class last year um um, so just trying to reach out to some other interests that people might have that's related to gaming uh, terrain building um, people always have questions about how to do something with terrain how to build something how to paint so um, so those are some areas that we tested out last year that we're really pushing and expanding um, really working hard to expand our tournaments this year um, and, and like anything, you know, uh, as I mentioned, we're willing to let anybody do just about anything they want to do, but you got to find those people who want to do it. So if we're going to have a tournament, right. then we needed somebody to organize and run that tournament. And uh, I use I use kind of an interesting strategy. I try something out and uh, I run it and kind of establish kind of a, I don't want to say like a base or a routine or kind of a a flavor of what we want an event to look like. And then I kind of pay attention to the people who participate in the event. And I try to find people who would be willing to take on the responsibility of running the events. All you got to do is do what I just did and make it and make it your own, you know, improve it. And, um, and that's a very successful way. You get to lead a little bit and then hand off the torches to somebody else and let them, 
you know, make it bigger and better. Well, that's, that's really cool. That makes me really excited for, for coming this year. Uh, I mean, I was already excited just by virtue of getting to come to recruits. Now I'm excited because I'm, Chris and I are going to be running a game. Awesome. Uh, actually, across three sessions. <laughs> We're going to be running a game across three sessions uh, on Saturday. I'm sure you've uh, mentioned our fantastic silent auction. Oh, well, of course the, the silent auction is pretty good. I mean, how else did I was I going to be able to pick up more Skaven for such a cheap price off of... Yeah, we, out, we outgrew that lobby area anyway, so um, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it is a massive ordeal. It takes a lot of... Uh, manpower to run that monster but i do want to share this with you uh we are actually this is the first time we've done anything at at a really serious level but um we've got approval to be sponsors for children's mercies hospital of kansas city this year and so um Mm -hmm. we talked to them about how we could support um their mission at the hospital and perfectly fitting in exactly with what we do they said they have a large demand for games and I said, seriously, we're a game club, we're a game organization. I think we can help you there. Um, so this year for recruits, we're taking donations for um, new, unopened uh, board games or card games of any type. And um, we're going to have some collection points at various places. I think Pawn and Pints here in Kent City is going to have a, a, a fundraiser night for it sometime in the fall, maybe early September or into August at some point where people can go there and bring their game in and, and so on. Um, game Cafe and Independence will probably be a place where people could drop off games. And, uh, of course, they need the Unos and the Saris and the Risks. But they said the kids, many of them want Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z cards or whatever those cards are, and people in the greater Kansas sure. City area aren't familiar with it. It takes a gamer to know something like that. And so um, we're right. also going to do two auctions, uh, or not, not auctions, raffles, every game session. And we're already uh, working through the community and the wargaming community uh, looking for uh, nice items to raffle off. And you can donate a game to get raffle tickets or you can purchase raffle tickets at Recruits with all the money from the raffle going to purchase more games for, um, for the charity. That is spectacular. That's, and not only does that hopefully expand the, the gaming community, but it also teaches your students that, you know, a little philanthropy. A little philanthropy. Oh, they're excited about it. And, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure how many, but I'm imagining sometime in the fall at least taking our club high school officers from the school club and taking them to the drop-off point and letting them receive the kudos they deserve for, you know, putting this together and making that donation. And, and I don't know if this is something we can do every year, if we're going to flood them, but we're hoping to give, be able to have at least two games to give away for every day for an entire year. So 365 times two is some number, and I'm not a math teacher. 700, 700 and some games. Seven, yeah, 730. 730 yeah, you helped me out there. Um, but I, I expect it will be a lot more. I expect it will be a lot more because I know we'll push it through the Lee Summit School District as well. And uh, so the community itself will make donations of games. Um, and we've already received some donations from like Toys R Us, um, and sorry, they're here going out of business. Um, but we've received some donations from them and some other pizza places already towards some games. So I'm really excited about that. It's a new direction that we should have done a long time ago. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're making up for lost time. That's absolutely outstanding. 
uh, again, making making my tar my tiger heart beat proudly. So, now after after 15 years or coming up on 15 years of running running the show, surely there's been some interesting or funny or downright puzzling moments that have transpired. Are any that spring to mind? Oh, I'm trying to. Let me think about that for a second. Um, I, I think some interesting stories. I remember a parent called me and said, you know, we're ha my son's having this birthday, birthday party at his house. Can we come up and just kind of see what's going on? And, and I'm like, well, sure, it's for the kids. And he was a middle schooler. And uh, mm -hmm. they brought up the entire birthday party, and they were there for an hour or two. Students of all ages are free at recruits. So college or whatever right. so it's not a big deal um and next thing i know mom's finding me coming over and she's saying hey uh, i hate to ask this of you but can i bring the cake and ice cream here they don't want to leave and i was like <laughs> i tell you what even better i'll even find you a room to go to and you can celebrate open presents and let them go back and play um you know so i mean that's you know it was good to know that the kids came there fell in love with it um yeah gosh i probably could think of a thousand stories when i'm done so maybe something will come up here but um you know it's just i run my tail off and i know people have a good time and whenever I start to think, gosh, I just don't know if I can do this again. I don't got the energy and I'll get a thousand thank yous. Um, and um, it it makes all the difference, you know. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's really spectacular. Um, again, I can't I can't say enough how I can't say enough how pleased, proud, uh, joyful, you know, whatever term you want to apply to know that you're you're running this show and you know you've you've started it and kept going all this time and it just keeps going from strength to strength to strength and uh i i definitely encourage anybody that can get to recruits you know go to recruits find out for yourself what makes it such a well, great absolutely such a great you know and we have two game sessions on friday night and what five game sessions on on Saturday, and of course that's loosely saying game sessions because people throw down games and do stuff all over the place. There's just lots of going. There's usually, oh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 different games going on at any time, And um, which doesn't mm -hmm. sound like a lot, but that is a lot when you consider there's five, six people at each yeah. game. You, you know, it's busy. And um, a lot of yeah. people catching up with old friends and, and you know, it's it's a good time. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I shows I should sound a little it, bit more excited. It's a great time. You guys all need to come. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, for crying out loud, it's five bucks to get in the door. That's right. Um, we're five American dollars. Now we're gonna do uh, swag bags this year. Believe it or not. No, oh, nice. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know if we set the price on those, but a lot will depend on. Um, some of the donations and things that we can get for those. I know that there's going to be some flag decal sets. Uh, we're looking at, um, oh my gosh, what's the word for it? Koozie. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. You purchase one of these koozies and it's for like a can because we sell can pop in the concession stand. That gets you a little discount off pop. Um, 
you know, shoot, you know, so it's going to be kind of neat. And we'll have those available yeah. for like the first 300 people or something like that to who may want those. And um, so that's that's going to be kind of an interesting see what how that works or not works. You know what? You know, like I said, we want to try things willing to take a risk on some stuff. It's no no big deal. And and we just want people to be happy, having a good time gaming. Now, were you there when were you there when any of the pirate games were there? Yes. Yeah, um, I I saw them. I never participated in them, but I did see them. They were they were a pretty hot ticket. Yeah, I they would. Oh, oh yeah, they would fill up that uh, lecture hall. I think, like I said, it holds like 150 people, and shoot, all of a sudden it seemed like the main floor of the the convention hall would be emptied out because I'll be in there playing this pirate game. But they had 25 millimeter pirate ships, and there was like what a dozen or 20 of them plus mm -hmm. all the islands and you're, you're moving i mean the entire room was was islands and the ocean and stuff it was a pretty amazing game oh yeah yeah um definitely well we're gonna have our game's not gonna be quite that big uh we are gonna have oh come on uh, we are gonna have up to 12 players uh for ours we're gonna be uh doing uh two fat lardies game what a tanker uh, World War II tank on tank combat uh, set in southern France, and players are going to be able to jump in and out of the action whenever they want. Uh, we do have some prize support from Two Fat Lardies. Exactly what we're going to give the prize out for, I'm not sure yet, but probably most kills. Excellent. And uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a good time. We're right now. I think we're signed up for the late morning session through evening. That'd be excellent. I, I, I know we're. Uh, I was thinking about some of the other things that we're trying to tournament-wise. I think we're going to try to get something with Saga going. Um, Saga Two just came out, and mm -hmm. um, um, a side project is to work on some scralings. And oh, nice. um, uh, we're going to do a Middle Earth uh, workshop tournament. I know there's going to be a Warhammer 40K event. Uh, we always have War Machine and DBA. Mm -hmm. um as tournaments uh warlord games was there last year and um i haven't talked to them but they at that time they uh said they were going to do some kind of warlord games tournament event as well um we've got a legion star wars legion that's a real hot game right now yeah uh, putting together a, i think that tournament's been posted as well as a is it x-wing Mm -hmm. the Armada. I don't remember if it's Armada or X-Wing, the Star Wars game. Um, there is a Pokemon card release that same weekend. Oh, okay. um, is it... Uh, I'm trying to think of it's, what the name of it is. I, I was going to say Dominatrix, but that's like totally off track there. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, um it's something like like not dominion but i don't know but there's a big card release and i think they got or they're working on getting permission or, or something to be able to release it at their store but also at recruits where they'll also have a tournament using that new release card so it'd be kind of released this day and here's a tournament um so a magic uh card tournament we've had a few magic card tournaments off and on at recruits um so there's a if you're a tournament player there's at least uh a, a dozen different tournaments that will be happening um which is twice as many as what we normally get um 
kind of in some negotiations with possibly infinity. Um, so uh, yeah, you know. So if you're if you like that comp competitive stuff, we may have some space for you there. Yeah, it's it's just about any any type of game you can imagine. I've seen played at recruits at one time or another just about yeah a lot of a lot we've been trying to push the board gaming more too uh and it's been kind of mm -hmm. slowly growing um we always put out a, a good board game library with games people can just set up and play but um um we've had a few board game tournaments like like swiss five and and like that and so on but um i really like to see a, some more board gaming uh squad leader guys have come a few times and played and uh, oh, and a new game this year, which I, I'm not very familiar with, but it's a sports board game. Um, they're they're out of Colorado, and they've got like football and baseball and basketball, and and um, and I said, is this done on the computer? And they go, no, it's uh, tabletop. It kind of reminds me of Avalon Hill, I think it is, or SBI had an old game where you like say what play you're going to do and they say what defense they have and you roll on the table like any table chart game okay. and see how many yards you get or whatever but i'm not exactly sure what it's all like but um i said sure come on down let's try it you know spectacular Sport games work yeah absolutely well uh Dwayne, I certainly appreciate you taking the time out to to talk to me about recruits i'm, I'm really looking forward to this year and uh, just hearing what you had to say about what's coming up just makes me even more excited. So, oh, I good recruits definitely. convention, I think, is the webpage. Yeah, we'll have it in the show notes for sure. Uh, definitely, I'm going to uh, recommend anybody who's even if you're not interested, at least take a look and maybe you will be then. So, and, and definitely check us out on Facebook. Uh, we've got some new folks that are old and, and congrudgeant like myself and um, more up to speed with social media, but a pretty active Facebook page. We're getting a lot of upcoming events posted on there as well. And great. Love to hear from folks. Great. Again, Dwayne, really appreciate talking to you. Really looking forward to coming out and seeing you again. As always, if the wargaming you're having isn't any fun, you make it fun. That is all. The Veteran Wargamer Copyright, Jay Arnold, 2018. Be sure to leave a positive review on iTunes. If you'd like to join the discussion, head to the blog at theveteranwargamer.blogspot.com. Music courtesy of binsound.com.